Welcome to another podcast from the Royal College of Psychiatrists. My name is Raj Pasord and I'm a consultant psychiatrist based at the Bethlehem Royal and Maudsley Hospitals in South London. Today we're talking to James Cole, who is a graduate in experimental psychology from the University of Bristol and is currently studying for his PhD at the Medical Research Council Social Genetic and Developmental Psychiatry Centre at the Institute of Psychiatry. He and several co-authors have published an editorial in the February edition of the British Journal of Psychiatry, and the title of the editorial is The Classification of Depression, Are We Still Confused? Now, James, you start this editorial by pointing out that back in 1976, Robert Kendall published a seminal article in the British Journal of Psychiatry outlining the many problems with the classification of depression. And your editorial is asking the timely question, given that the DSM and the ICD are about to be updated as to whether we're any further forward in our classification of depression. Your editorial makes several important points and criticisms about the way we classify depression at the moment. But one of the key issues you're focusing on here is the operational definition of depression. Exactly. Um, So two patients could both be diagnosed with major depressive disorder, but yet the symptoms that they present with treatment implications and the prognosis and outcome of their disorder could be completely different and that has ramifications obviously from a clinical perspective but also from a research perspective Uh, for example if you're doing genetic research based on a group of um, depressive cases and non-depressed control um, sample then uh, if the if there's a lot of difference in the type of depression that the people in the depressive group have then it's hard to say anything definitive about the characteristics of that group, which, of course, would affect the findings that you might get from research. Sometimes these people will get put in a, in a ragbag, atypical category, such as um, with schizophrenia, you get a lot of people who would fall under the condition of uh, psychosis not otherwise specified. And, it, and actually, in some circumstances, you get more people in this category than actually being diagnosed with schizophrenia. And um, obviously, because it's not a specific disorder that that's referring to, it, you know, it doesn't really lead on to any uh, treatment or uh, intervention strategies. So it's, no, it's kind of dangerous because people can fall just below the threshold of diagnosis and actually uh, miss out on getting some treatment. The next section of your editorial goes on to um, discuss um, subdivisions and overlaps. And one of the problems with psychiatric diagnosis, in particular with depression, is the huge amount of overlap with other disorders, as you discussed, like the massive overlap with anxiety disorders, mm-hmm. and also Absolutely. the difficulty in making a clear distinction between people with uh, unipolar depression and bipolar. Well, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, depression, as one of the most common psychiatric disorders, is also one of the most comorbid. So you get uh, depression is linked with particularly with anxiety disorders, but also with bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and a whole range of other psychiatric disorders. Um, So specifically speaking, um, when it comes to bipolar disorder, I mean, the operational criteria approach to diagnosing bipolar is depressive episodes with at least one instance of mania. But but if the patient is unsure as to quite how to report the incident of mania, which may have been quite some years ago, um, they might end up being diagnosed as having unipolar major depression, when actually a uh, diagnosis of bipolar would be more accurate, and that often has different uh, treatment implications as well. So, 
Another point you make in the paper is about the way depression is subdivided, and you raise the interesting issue of melancholia. This is a term that was very uh, common maybe mm-hmm. 50 years ago, Absolutely. but hardly you ever hear about it now. Yet, as you point out, a recent edition of Acta Psychiatrica Scandinavica was, was devoted in its entirety mm-hmm. Absolutely. To, to melancholia. It, Tell us a bit about melancholia. Well, it seems as though over the last 12 months or so, um, a lot of researchers have been interested in sort of resurrecting this concept um, and essentially saying how it is a distinct and uh, homogeneous entity within the sort of broad range of depressive disorders. Um, however, really, there is very little evidence to sort of say that it's anything other than severe major depression. And I honestly think that attempts to kind of subdivide further based on, you know, just the opinion of, of a small group of researchers is, is perhaps... Um, flawed in some ways. But could you say a bit more about what their argument is, about in in what way melancholia is meant to differ from just very severe depression? In some ways, the the concept of melancholia is is more to do with uh, the actual actual symptoms. So out of this sort of 10 symptoms, it may be that there's only, if you have a certain group subset of those symptoms, that it falls into being melancholic. So not psychotic symptoms, more um, physiological symptoms, such as loss of appetite, loss of energy... Um, loss of pleasure in your normal everyday activities rather than the more sort of psychological symptoms such as guilt and sadness and um, those sort of things. So, I mean, it's more to do with the physical sensation of depression rather than the actual emotional experience of it. The final part of your paper discusses the advantages and disadvantages of categories versus dimensions. Mm -hmm. Could you say a bit about what a category is or a categorical approach as opposed to a dimensional approach? Well, the categorical approach is basically the broad definition of an operational approach so the category would be not depression or depression whereas a dimensional approach actually creates a spectrum whereby you go from having sort of zero depressive symptoms to having severe depression and um, everybody even people without depressive disorder would fall somewhere on that category and it allows for a much more reflective measure of the severity of the disorder rather than it just being a black and white dichotomous category. So, um, psychologists, generally speaking, are in favour of dimensional approaches, aren't they? Yes. Um, there is some argument, as depending on uh, the medical or psychological background of your training, um, that the medical viewpoint tends to, to favour the categorical approach, whereas the psychological viewpoint tends to prefer dimensions. Um, but um, from a personal perspective, I believe that both of them are necessary. Um, clinical, from a clinical perspective... Uh, the categorical approach is definitely very useful and it certainly shouldn't be got rid of. In a research approach, to get a truer picture of the actual definition of depression, I think dimensions are very important. So I think the direction that that both the DSM-5 and ICD-11 appear to be heading is to try and combine both of them to some degree. You comment on the real-world impact of um, the distinction between categorical and dimensional approaches in that the NICE Um, National Institute for um, Health and uh, Clinical Excellence guidelines for cognitive behavioural therapy for the first time advocate its use in mild depression. The problem, of course, is what is the definition of mild depression? How does one score that? Well, indeed, and that is where um, the dimensional approach would actually be more preferable to the categorical approach because it would, say, allow, say, a symptom... If you looked at 10 key symptom areas, say mild perhaps would be 4 symptoms out of 10, you know, moderate would be 6 and severe would be 8 or something like that. Um, and the categorical approach, obviously, you either have a de- you have the disorder or you don't, and that would not really give a very 
um, and the definition of mild is left up to the clinical intuition of the respective psychiatrist. Finally, your conclusion. In fact, your conclusion's a bit gloomy and bleak, isn't it, about uh, where we are in terms of diagnosis of depression. It, you seem to be arguing we're just as confused now as we were when Kendall published his paper well, several decades ago. Yeah. In some ways, um, despite all the you know, very admirable and positive research that's gone on in the, in the subsequent 30 years, um, it has to be said that we still understand relatively little of the uh, etiology and the causes of major depressive disorder. And in that respect... Um, you know, I feel that perhaps the, the classification of depression is still a confusing issue, but I think we're making strives in the right direction to go some way to rectifying that. James, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.